This is Conquering Columbus. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Conquering Columbus podcast. This is your co-host, Mike, here. And for those of you who don't know, Fashion Week Columbus officially kicked off this past weekend, and we'll be running throughout the rest of this week. There's a ton of different events, and tons of designers will be showing off their stuff. I got the chance to chat with Thomas McClure, executive director and founder of the Columbus Fashion Council, as well as Fashion Week Columbus. Early on in the show, I asked Thomas for some background on himself and how he got involved with the fashion world. There was a um, a section that said, hey, we're looking for models. I'm like, cool, let me just check it out. And of course, I'm very skeptical. Usually I walk into the room very skeptical about stuff like that because there are, are a lot of scams out there. And from there, I met with them and they were basically saying, yeah, there are a few agencies here you should check out. And that's when I went to this one agency and they're like, definitely, we want to put you on our books and book you for work. And I had a few big jobs. But then at that point, I just figured they needed some help in the agency because they weren't doing too well at the time. And I went in and started as an agent and worked my way into actually influencing the whole agency and growing them to a very legitimate, well-represented agency all over Ohio. Later, we talk about the mission of the Columbus Fashion Council and how Fashion Week Columbus grew over time. Our mission is a two-part mission. One is to give scholarships to fashion design students. The other is to provide a platform for local fashion designers. And so that study came out, we were all like, what makes sense if you think about it, all the retail hubs that are here, you know, do hire in a lot of designers that live here. But what the study did not take into account were the independent designers that have never worked at these retailers, right? And so, you know, 2012 came around, uh, we learned a lot of lessons, we became such a really strong board by that point. Everything had checks and balances as it should with a nonprofit. And we got our registration as a nonprofit in 2012. We wrap up with some advice from Thomas on how to bring your vision to life. I mean, I don't wanna sound too out there, but I think there is a lot of power to manifesting, you know? And I think when you're in the right place, the right frame of mind, if you're being authentic in your everyday life and you know who you are, it's easier for you to manifest your vision. And I also feel like you have to surround yourself with the right people. There's this positive feedback loop that you have to create, you know? So what you're putting out is what you're getting in. What you have in here is what you're putting out, right? And I think when you learn how to do that, which I feel like I've done a lot leading up to this point, and I'm still learning even more. Overall, felt like it was a great interview. Had a ton of fun chatting with Thomas about his journey and Fashion Week Columbus. As always, thanks so much for tuning in, and we hope you learned a lot from this episode. Let's get this show on the road. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Conquering Columbus podcast. This is your co-host, Mike, here once again flying solo this week because uh, Josh had a last-minute work trip, but we will carry on. And uh, today on the show, I'm super excited. We're going to be talking with Thomas McClure. He is the executive director and founder of the Columbus Fashion Council and Fashion Week Columbus. The Columbus Fashion Council is a nonprofit organization seeking to expand the fashion economy in central Ohio through a combination of industry growth initiatives, community organizer support, funding access opportunities, and creative program development. And since its debut in 2010, Fashion Week Columbus has provided a platform for over 150 fashion designers, awarding more than $40,000 worth of scholarships to fashion design students and has produced over 150 fashion shows. And this year's Fashion Week Columbus is coming up on October 9th through the 15th, which is actually starting on Sunday. So it's Thursday today, for those of you who don't know what date it is when we're recording this, but we are very close. So we're glad that Thomas could join us and take some time out of what I'm sure is a very busy week to chat about everything he's got going on. Welcome to Conquering Columbus, Thomas. Thanks for having me. Yeah, super excited to have you here. And one of the first places we just like to start is just kind of give a little bit of background on yourself and, and your story and kind of how you got to where you are today for everybody out there who's listening who might not know you. 
Most definitely. So how far back do you want me to go? As far back as you want. We can go all the way back to, you know, if you want to start at year zero, we can. All right. So imagine the guy that just walked into your building today back in Texas in a small redneck town hauling hay and raising mm -hmm. cattle. And you seem like steers. you would love it there. <laughs> My grandpa had a Hereford ranch. So, you know, <laughs> I absolutely loved it. And then at 18, I moved to Dallas, Texas. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as you could. Right. <laughs> 100%. But yeah, you know, I mean, I am from Texas originally. Grew up in a really small town town of 500 people. Mm -hmm. That means my graduating class was 30 with a few of us probably not deserving to graduate. Yeah. Um, you probably know maybe. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I, I have a family that grew up in a lot of small, like I grew up all over the place. My dad was Marine, but my mom's family's from a little town called Klamath Falls in Southern Oregon. So I get the picture. So you're yeah. a military. Not quite brat. 500. Yeah. I'm a military. Me too. Brat. But yeah, <laughs> but then, you know, at the age of 18, I did, I moved to Dallas, Texas. I just knew there was much more for me to do than mm -hmm. um, what I was doing in a small town. And then, um, yeah, Dallas is a pretty trendy town. Mm -hmm. um, I learned my way around the city, but honestly, my career really didn't start until we moved to Columbus, Ohio okay. in 2005. Okay. And so how many years did you spend in Dallas? Oh, geez. Um, I'm going to have to tell you my age now. Um, uh, uh, 19 years to about 25. Four. 24 yeah, yeah, yeah. in Dallas. Yeah. 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 So about old. five years total in Dallas. Exactly. Right. I was thinking in my head, you, you meant 19 to 24 <laughs> years total in Dallas. I'm like, there's no possible way. I'm 85 uh, years old. What are you talking yeah, yeah, about? Yeah. Yeah. So we get out of Dallas. What were you doing while you were there? You said your career didn't really start. So what were you doing? I was just testing it out. Like what did I want to do in life? You know, mm -hmm. and I knew I wanted to be in the entertainment industry as an actor or a model or whatnot. Um, and I did a few gigs in Dallas, but really I was making my money and paying my rent mm -hmm. by waiting tables and bartending and managing and whatnot. But the restaurant industry comes really naturally to me. I'm really good at that. Yeah. But when I moved to Columbus, it was, it was a game changer. Mm -hmm. um, I learned the lay of the land in Columbus. It took me about a year. We didn't have any friends in Columbus for almost a whole year, surprisingly. And then after that, I uh, got into the agency model booking world, you know, modeling and acting. And then I got into the booking part of it, you know, become an agent and then running an agency okay. here in Columbus, Ohio. Interesting. So, you know, I think it's always funny that we always talk about like at 18, everybody needs to know, like when you're going to college, right? Everyone expects you to know like, oh, you need to know exactly what you want to do and where you want to go. And it's this crazy, like nobody knows. I thought I wanted to be a dentist. I can't even imagine being a dentist at this point in my life. So yeah, I think it's great that you took some time to kind of figure out really what you wanted to do. And so you come to Columbus and you start getting into that environment. Surprisingly, at the time I was actually teaching computer applications, like, you know, Microsoft Excel. Suites, yeah. So you're an Excel wizard is what you're telling um, me. I mean, I had a lot of help, you know? Okay. So this company basically said, hey, here's three books to study and you have to teach this tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> And it was teaching adults, you know, mm -hmm. from companies, which surprisingly, there are a lot of adults that really don't know how to turn the computer on. Mm -hmm. And this is when we had like, you know, towers and stuff, you know, under mm -hmm. our desk. So yeah, um, the big, the big like yeah. desktop, and you press the button and it zooms up and it's exactly. like 10 minutes later, you're like, okay, the computer's on now. Exactly. Exactly. This is like 2005, man. Right. <laughs> so, um, and that was my first job in Columbus, but then I answered a, um, you know, the classified section, you know, in this mm -hmm. newspapers that we used to have the printed ones, yep. <laughs> there was a, um, a section that said, Hey, we're looking for models. I'm like, cool, let me just check it out. And of course, I'm very skeptical. Usually I walk into the room very skeptical about stuff like that because there are, are a lot of scams out there. And from there, I met with them and they were basically saying, yeah, there are a few agencies here you should check out. And that's when I went to this one agency and they're like, definitely, we want to put you on our books and book you for work. And I had a few big jobs. But then at that point, I just figured they needed some help in the agency because they weren't doing too well at the time. And I went in and started as an agent and worked my way into actually influencing the whole agency and growing them to a very legitimate, well-represented agency all over Ohio. 
you said they needed some help at the time. Was there something like they just needed staff or did you see something they were doing that you kind of came in and said, hey, we got to maybe shift a little bit? All the above. Okay. They were losing their staff. They were in a bad location in Columbus, Ohio. The owner lived in Cincinnati and she never really came to Columbus and didn't understand that south of Marion Village isn't the best spot for a talent agency. You know, Mm -hmm. no shade against South of Marion Village. I used to live in Marion Village. But at that time, you know, going in, they also had very, very archaic ways of booking their talent, Mm -hmm. literally calling the model up and asking the model write down their information for their booking tomorrow. (laughs) And I was like, what is happening here? We have email. There's this thing called the Internet. I don't know if you've heard of it yet, (laughs) but it could. could, I think it's going to be big. Exactly. So that was the first step (laughs) was making sure that process was taken care of. Because honestly, you know, when an agent is on the phone with a model and giving them 30 minutes of information, Mm -hmm. that means they're not booking talent. Right. That was one part. And then the rest of it just followed suit, you know, where we became the most innovative agency within probably the nation. I'm going to be honest with you. We were one of the first agencies to actually upload our auditions to our website and send it to the client to let them push play and download versus the overnighting of a VHS to a DVD to a client, right. you know, and that's where we brought them into the future. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's great. I loved my job. It's just very high, highly demanding. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine that, you know, especially you're got to be booking it, right? Like you got to be hustling if you want to get all your people paid and get them jobs and move. But it's also funny because I think that if you don't live in Ohio, when you think of Columbus, you don't think of fashion and modeling and that industry. But if you do live in Ohio, and if you spent time in Columbus, you know that like, hey, this is actually a pretty thriving community for that sort of thing. And a lot of it has to do with some of the companies that are here that help drive that. But it also has to do with the community and the people who are making that happen. What I'm curious about is you spent some time doing the agency thing. When did you kind of get this itch like, hey, I got to go do something for myself? And what was the idea behind both the Fashion Week Columbus and Columbus Fashion Council? That's a great question. So spending a lot of time in that space with a a lot of models, a lot of different personalities, a lot of actors as well, because it was a full service agency Mm -hmm. and voiceover artists too. In 2010, I had some models come in and just were asking, hey, do you have any like runway shows you can book us for? And at the time, the only runway show we really had was Highball Halloween, Mm -hmm. which I love Highball, by the way. That's coming up at the end of the month too. You know, it's a great couture costume contest festival for two days. It's amazing. And I've actually judged a few times uh, as well. But what we didn't have was an industry-related fashion show. And that usually is Fashion Week. And a lot of major cities have Fashion Week because it's industry-related. It really spotlights the designers and the Mm -hmm. talent. And it doesn't just showcase theater of artistry. It's really a marketing piece. It's really a tool that designers will use to get to the next level and the next step and to get buyers, to get people interested in their brand. I imagine it has to be incredibly hard to break through as a designer. Oh, I mean, it it really is. Honestly, even just to get into the Fashion Week Columbus platform, it's Mm -hmm. very hard. They all have to get through a strict interview process. Yeah. Because two things. Number one, we want them to shine as bright as they can from the runway. We're going to provide all the necessary tools. The other thing is we don't want them to be on the runway when they're not ready yet. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it does take time. With anything, it takes time and experience to really be ready for that type of a show. Hey, everybody. Mike here. We're going to take a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors, One Columbus. And we are very excited to partner with One Columbus. They really, really share the same vision as us here at the Conquering Columbus podcast, which is really building up the Columbus region to be one of the most prosperous regions in the United States. And One Columbus serves as the business location resource for companies across central Ohio and around the world as those companies grow, innovate, and compete within the global economy. And they help us lead a regional growth strategy that develops and attracts the world's most competitive 
companies, it grows a highly adaptive workforce and prepares our communities for the future, inspiring innovation across the board. Their mission really is just ensuring the Columbus region is a vibrant place to build businesses and careers. So again, we really appreciate all of their support. You want to learn more about them, go check out their website, columbusregion.com. That's columbusregion.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll be right back into the episode. Yeah. So talk about actually getting things started, because that's one of the toughest parts of starting a business or an organization or an event like this is like the first time and getting it going. And so like talk about that zero to one. Honestly, you know, in the very beginning in 2010, after the models came in and said, hey, we want to walk for a runway show. Mm -hmm. What do you have? I just thought, well, at the time, we're 15th largest in the nation as a city, right? And I just thought we should have a fashion week. Everyone else, Chicago, Atlanta, Dallas, they all had fashion weeks. And I said, why don't we? That was in 2010. So we started with a four-day fashion week. At the time, Mayor Coleman was our mayor. Mayor Coleman was on board and supporting from day one. And it was pretty amazing to have him like talk at our events, right? By 2012, and by the way, I'm not going to mention too much of this juice, but from 2010 to 2012, there was a bad apple that we had to get rid of from the organization because money went missing. Oof. And that's where I'll leave it there. Yeah. And by the way, this would be the first time I'm running a nonprofit organization as well. So I had a lot of learning to do. And I did all that learning in two years from 2010 to 2012 with a lot of support from other leaders here in Columbus. Mm -hmm. So by 2012, we learned from the Atlantic that Columbus was ranked number three in the nation for the number of fashion designers that live here. Holy cow. And so that alone just told us what we were on the right path. And because, we don't have a fashion week. Right? We don't, yeah. yeah, right. Exactly. But that told us like, hey, you're on the right path because our mission is a two-part mission. Mm -hmm. One is to give scholarships to fashion design students. The other is to provide a platform for local fashion designers. Yeah. And so that study came out. We were all like, well, it makes sense if you think about it. All the retail hubs that are here, you know, do hire in a lot of designers that live here. But what the study did not take into account were the independent designers that have never worked at these retailers, Right. And so, you know, 2012 came around, uh, we learned a lot of lessons. We became such a really strong board by that point. Mm -hmm. Everything had checks and balances as it should with a nonprofit. And we got our registration as a nonprofit in 2012. So then we fast forward because you asked about the Columbus Fashion Council, right? Mm -hmm. So we spent about 13 years developing the fashion ecosystem yep. here in Central Ohio, you know, through Fashion Week Columbus. And some people might be asking, what does that mean? Well, that means basically the makeup artists, the hairstylists, the designers, the models, the photographers, the crew, they're all part of the fashion community and they're mm -hmm. all part of this fashion ecosystem that we created through Fashion Week Columbus. And by 2018, and we've been talking about this for a couple of years, creating the Columbus Fashion Council. But back then, it wasn't time to have a council. Right. We barely so, could. Yeah, go ahead. So you had started, just to make sure I'm clear, you had started doing Fashion Week Columbus first. And that was in the first one's 2012. So we're seven years later, we've had seven years of Fashion Week Columbus. And now we're talking about Columbus Fashion Council. Well, we had 2010 to 2018. So mm -hmm. what is that? Nine years, maybe? You I had two math. in 2010 to 2000. So even though there was challenges in those two years and you're talking about all the learning, like that's where all the learning happened. It's interesting because like, it's just, if there's one thing I've seen a lot when I'm talking to folks who have done stuff like this, it's that persistence generally pays off and nobody gets it right the first go. It just doesn't happen. And people always act like it's like, well, overnight success, right? But it's just never, never happens that way. But okay, sorry. I'm on the same page now. So we're talking about Columbus Fashion Council and you guys are like, okay, now it's time. Now it's time because, I mean, if you look back, 2010, 2011, and 12, it wasn't time. This really wasn't known as a fashion city. Mm -hmm. Columbus wasn't. And even since then, you know, all the way up to now, we've had other fashion organizations pop up, which is amazing because I think the more help that our local brands can have, the better, mm -hmm. you know, and that's super important because those resources were never really there until Fashion Week Columbus came around. At the end of 2018, it was time. 
I talked to the board. I said, listen, we're going to transition from the Fashion Week Columbus organization into the Columbus Fashion Council organization and make Fashion Week Columbus our flagship program. Mm -hmm. Because that's exactly what it is. It's a program. And so now the board completely agreed. It was time. We had the fashion ecosystem uh, built up. And then 2019, we just pushed out the Columbus Fashion Council not to just oversee Fashion Week Columbus, but to also develop other programs that have mm -hmm. a high impact. And this is where we start talking about those scholarships and some of the other stuff I mentioned in the introduction is what I'm guessing. Right. I mean, we've been given scholarships away since 2010, regardless of what was happening. I always keep my promise, right? you know, and I made sure that that happened. But we have a bigger impact as the Columbus Fashion Council now, mm -hmm. you know, and there's so much more like, for instance, last year, 2021, we joined forces with a CFDA. That's the Council of Fashion Designers of America. So this is basically the fashion council of the world. Like Anna Wintour is the board president. Tom Ford is our current board president. Their members are Tommy Hilfiger and, um, you know, other major designers. I know some of those people. I mean, a little bit, yeah. right? <laughs> and so we joined forces with them because we became a founding member of mm -hmm. the CFDA Connects program. Yep. And that even helped us put Columbus more on the map nationally. This program is a group of legit, credible fashion organizations across the nation. So we're talking Miami Fashion Week, LA Fashion Week, Atlanta Fashion Week, Nashville Fashion Week, mm -hmm. St. Louis Fashion Fund, Texas Fashion Week, uh, so many. So we're part of this group of about 12 of us and we meet once a month with the CFDA mm -hmm. to talk about what we're doing in our own regions, but also to contribute to American fashion. And that's something that's amazing about the CFDA is they reached out to us with this program because they realized, and they didn't realize, but it just so happens that American fashion is not <laughs> monopolized by New York fashion designers. Right. It's all of us across America. Yeah. And that's what the CFDA is really focusing on is American fashion. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense in something. So this is totally off script. So feel free to answer or not answer and I'll have Andy cut it or not. But something that I'm curious about with fashion, right? Because fashion typically, right, is associated with wealth. It's not very accessible for people who don't have the money to buy the stuff that they need to buy and do that. So I guess I'm curious, is there anything going on there in that space about making fashion more accessible, making finding ways to help people who want to have that type of access and everything that goes with that? So I think that's a great question. And that's also a challenge of ours that mm -hmm. we have had over the years, so much so that we brought in a third party company to kind of help us with our branding back in 2015. And when they did their research, they found out, that a lot of people said exactly that. Right. Fashion is not accessible. And we seem like a pretentious and very rich organization. And here I am, I'm like, I don't even have a salary. What right. do you mean we're rich, yeah, yeah. man? I'm working my ass off. <laughs> but it's a challenge that we do face. And I feel that is something that we've taken on head on. And we've proved that what we do is we bring heart into this fashion industry, mm -hmm. um, not with just scholarships and not with just creating these small businesses, but also with the different designers that we have on the runway, right? And I will say this, we have probably one of the most diverse runways in America. We have the most diverse board in this city. Mm -hmm. And that's all shown also in our leadership of each program that we do. And so when I say that, you know, it does uh, span across the board of like, what does fashion mean? to all these different people. And that's what, you know, your question comes in. And I'm, I just think that, you know, we have everything from streetwear right. to couture to just like, for instance, this year's headliner, Natalia Fedner, she is Ukrainian mm -hmm. and she moved here and at five years old to Bexley, Ohio as a refugee and they took her in. Now she's this famous ass designer mm -hmm. that's designing for Beyonce and Shakira and JLo 
And we brought her back from LA to come back home. But her message is she wants to help the war that's happening in Ukraine, mm-hmm. you know? And so we're allowing her to have a platform to also raise funds for that mission. Yeah. So we're bringing a lot of heart into it. And it's not, honestly, it's not, fashion is approachable. I mean, this is what I usually say, right. because I do get some friends and like, oh, I don't know anything about fashion, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't want to go to the fashion week. I'm like, okay, are you wearing clothes? They're like, yeah. yeah. Okay, then you're in fashion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you had to pick up that clothes. You had to right. pick up your clothes. You had to pick up any look, right? Yeah. I'm not going to do a uh, Devil Wears Prada moment, but I'm <laughs> like, listen, unless you're a nudist, you are part of everything we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's got a style, even if they don't know it. Yeah. Not having a style is a style. Right. Exactly. You know, and I live by that. That's my, hey, whatever's in my closet right now, I'm putting it on. I think that perception's hard to battle, right? Like that perception of like, well, if I want to dress nice, especially with, trying to think of a good example of this, but like Kanye stuff, right? Like Kanye's clothes, like, oh, it's just like people buy it because it's just expensive. And it kind of reminds me of Zoolander a little bit where like, did you see the recent runway thing that they did with Kanye's stuff? And it was like, they were walking in the mud. And I'm like, this is just literally that scene in Zoolander where they're like just selling really expensive stuff that they picked out of the trash. Like what's happening? No, sorry. I should, Andy, maybe you should cut that. I don't want to rip Kanye up. He's probably going to come at me. Rip him up. He's probably going to come, come at me after this. If he's listening. That's more promotion Um, for your podcast. That's right. Yeah. Any, (laughs) I mean, any news is good news, right? So bad PR Uh, is good PR. Bad PR is is good PR. Uh, There's no, there's no bad PR. That's it. That's what it is. So today, right. You've got all this stuff going on. Fashion week's coming up. Obviously you're pretty excited about it. It was Natalia, right. Being here and, and doing that. And so What's coming up this weekend? Like if people were going to go to Fashion Week Columbus, what should they expect to see? Honestly, our first event's tonight. It's a Porsche Columbus launch party. Mm-hmm. And we've partnered with them because they're one of our sponsors to provide a fashion presentation. So that is kind of not, it's a pre-event, which is great because mm-hmm. I think, you know, with the fashion presentations, again, it's not just a show, it's a marketing piece. Yeah. So these designers get to be in the same room as people who can become their clients, right? Or mm-hmm. open doors for them in other ways. So that's the strategy behind our fashion shows and what we do. We want to make sure the right people are in the room. But the actual fashion week kicks off on October 9th, which is this Sunday, mm-hmm. with the High Fashion Tea Runway Show. Okay. little play on words for you there. It's a, one of our favorite events. We have a DJ, the bar's open, there's an afternoon tea, Angela Ann is our host, and we have three designers that are showcasing their collections. Mm-hmm. That's actually an old school format where the models are walking around the room. Got it. Right? And it's just such, everyone has a front row seat, everyone's having a good time, and that's at the Joseph downtown. So that starts off Fashion Week Columbus, and that's since 2010, since the very first, it's always kicked off Fashion Week Columbus. And then we go a whole week of fashion events. And I don't know how much you want me to talk about all the fashion events, but go for give it. Give me the highlights. Right, yeah, cool, give man. me the highlights. Hit me. So then on Monday, we have Beautiful Garbage Fashion Show and Competition. Okay. And it is basically a fashion show and competition based off of designers creating wasteless fashions, or ah, recyclable fashions, okay, that's right? Cool. And it's partnered with Nurture Salon. What who, type of fabrics and stuff do you use if you're doing recyclable stuff? Well, I mean- you could use lawn bags. Huh. You could use garbage bags. Right. You can use um, solo cups. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's kind of like ways to remove plastic and, yeah. and things that are going to help the environment. Okay. Anything cool. like that or anything that, you know, you feel that you have in your home or friends or family's home that you can make something out of that is really a recyclable type of material. Mm-hmm. But not just that. You also want to bring attention to just don't go out and buy garbage bags. Don't right. go out and buy this stuff. It's like it a bad. college having an ABC party, but taking it to the extreme and actually making nice clothes out of it. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that event's partnered with Nurture Salon, which is an Aveda concept. Mm-hmm. And Aveda, of course, is leading the beauty industry within everything yeah. that's sustainable, right? And recyclable. So that's going to be amazing. Uh, that's at Gravity. Then we go into Tuesday, which is Passport to Fashion. It is a partnered event 
with the Spice Age. And this is like a multicultural, diverse fashion show. And it does include surface artists as well as uh, traditional designers. Mm-hmm. And it's actually one of our other favorite events during the year because it's so just an array of a lot of different people and styles. So Wednesdays are Macy's Fall Fashion Show, which is amazing. It's at the top of the car park that they have at Easton. And it's just an amazing fashion show. You think you're in New York. Then on Thursday is Philanthropy Meets Fashion. That's a partnered event with CCAD. So we're in their Kinzani Center, which also has a large theater. Mm-hmm. And that's when we bring our headline designer in, Natalia Fedner. Mm-hmm. And she's interviewed on the stage by a couple of moderators And basically, I always say it's like gossiping with her because we're like, Mm -hmm. who's your favorite designer to work with? Who's the worst? You know, and she really honestly, these designers, when we bring them in to do this event, they're giving back to the community because they're sharing their experiences and their stories with the student designers and with local designers and the general public that attend. I mean, this is a 315 person theater. We expect to sell it out. So that's another amazing heartfelt event. And that's exactly, you know, as the name implies just giving back. And then we moved to Friday. Mm-hmm. So there are two events happening on Friday. That morning, Stephen Kolb, the CEO of the CFDA, will be flying in. He'll be meeting us at 3rd Street next to the Commons, yep. which is the location of the newly developed fashion and retail district. And that used to be the shops, right? Or whatever it was. It used to be the city center. City center. The mall, right? Yeah. Crazy. So it's underneath the parking garage, mm-hmm. which is still intact, surprisingly, right? Um, <laughs> and it's like eight different shops that are there and they're mainly all brands. Well, they're all CFC members. CFC Mm -hmm. is the Columbus Fashion Council. They're members of ours. They've been vetted before they've been welcomed into this district. And I can't talk more about it. I'm sorry. I I can't say too much until the ribbon cutting. But it's exciting because, you know, we have been working really hard to really platform these brands, Mm -hmm. you know, and now a lot of these brands were on our runway at one point and they were developed and they are now coming to fruition in a storefront. So it's super exciting. So that night after the ribbon cutting with the CFDA CEO and Mayor Ginther and Shannon Harden, that night is a fashion industry mixer. Mm -hmm. And so that's always a really fun night. It's a Friday night. It's Mm going to be at the new vault. If you've heard of the vault on Gay Street, it's the new vault nightlife. And so they have new owners. It's just basically everyone comes out dressed in whatever style they want. And we're all celebrating. There's a fashion activation and fashion shows. And then after that is Saturday. Mm -hmm. So Saturday is the big show. It's the finale runway show. And it really starts at 6 p.m. with the VIP reception, which this year, the OSU Urban Art Space is hosting that. And their space is about five to 7,000 square feet. And Mm -hmm. what we're doing during the VIP reception is we're doing several brand activations through a program we created called the Fashion Presentations. And these are brands that maybe are not right for the runway or ready for the runway but they need recognition. They need viewers and audiences and, you know, hopefully some buyers. And it ranges from incubated brands to established brands. Okay. So that's the actual VIP reception, but what does the actual show itself look like? It's 500 guests. Mm -hmm. It's 200 models backstage. It's seven, eight designers on the runway. So the actual show takes place literally next door to the OSU Urban Art Space. So if you've been down on Town Street downtown, the Lazarus Building, there's this huge corridor that runs right under the Lazarus Building. Mm -hmm. That's where the Fashion Week Columbus Finale Runway Show will be. When I moved to Columbus, I saw this and I'm like, I want to have a fashion show here someday, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, after I started running Fashion Week Columbus, you know? And so here we are, you know, in 2022, having a fashion show there. It's our 13th year. We're partnered with the CDDC. It's kind of a full circle. That's what we've done with the fashion and retail development uh, district as well. And what you'll experience is 
Well, first of all, we start with opening remarks. Mm-hmm. Usually Mayor Ginther or Shannon Hardin or city council president will have opening remarks. The CFDA CEO, Stephen Kolb, will have opening remarks as well. We're going to award the scholarship winner from mm-hmm. CCAD on the runway. We also have five fashion awards to award as well to give away. And then we start the show with an opening act, which I can't reveal who that is yet, but it's going to be amazing. And then the first designer out of eight comes out with first, there's an interview video, right? Mm -hmm. That has the designer's face. So people can connect the face to the brand. Um, It's a minute long. And then their collection starts. The runway is 170 feet long and that's double than any runway we've ever had. So it's super long. And then we will have eight amazing designers taking place. Some have collections of 10, some have collections of 25. The closing designer is Natalia Fedner. She's our headline designer. She will be showcasing almost 25 looks on the runway. And um, she closes it out and that's it. You know, we have a closing party. We're Mm -hmm. doing it at the Citizens Trust just to celebrate so we can all relax. Everybody likes parties. Yes. And then that's it. That's Fashion Week, man. And then I go on vacation. Yeah, (laughs) I can imagine. I'm sure you've been pretty busy. Sounds exciting. It sounds like a ton of fun. And something cool also that's going to be happening is we're doing a digital fashion show as well. And so if you've heard of NFT fashions and meta I was going to ask you about this. It helped me understand Exactly what that is. So like NFT fashions and meta fashions would be fashions for the metaverse. No, or is it something, it's like owning a design. Okay, help me understand. It's okay, no, no, it's all good. So NFT fashions would basically be digital fashions that are created to create an NFT. So it will sit on a platform like OpenSea or Rarible. And basically, you know, if you like that fashion, you can buy it and you can display it on a digital screen of some sort, right? Mm -hmm. But you won't own the original. For instance, I'll give you an example. Gerardo Insignas, who is also one of the shops that has opened up actually already at the Fashion and Retail District, he has an NFT collection of five pieces. Mm-hmm. And basically it is a um, 2D digital NFT that is of his collections and they're different colors. But what it is, is it connects to his store, a $100 gift certificate. Ah. So if you buy that, then you get $100 to his store. Okay. So we call that utility. So there's utility there. Now the meta fashions is a little bit different. So if you've played a video game where you had mm-hmm. to choose your skins yep. or your clothing, mm-hmm. you are part of the meta fashion world. Got it. And it's becoming a huge part that's still yet to be tapped into. Mm-hmm. So we have um, a couple of designers that actually created, I think they're on their second meta fashion collection right now. Interesting. Yes. And for the metaverse, for the metaverse, but also there's some practical use to meta fashions or digital fashion, if you want to Mm -hmm. call it that, which is a lot of companies now are moving in that direction using that technology. Because for instance, we have at least one company here in Columbus, a major fashion company that uses the technology to create all the digital samples using the same technology that people create meta fashion collections with. Because instead of ordering a bunch of samples from wherever their manufacturer is until they get it right, they get it right first on the Mm -hmm. digital form. And then they send that out and they might have one or two samples that they order and that's it. So they're saving a lot of money. They're being sustainable and they're being wasteless. Interesting. So there is a practical use to metaphors. Yeah. No, I mean, it makes sense, right? Like I never even thought of that angle of like, okay, like how do we create a sample of this and send it and make sure that we know this is exactly the right one and that it looks the way we want it to look. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. So it's really interesting to hear that we've got a lot of people in Columbus working on that stuff right now. So we've kind of talked about the show. We've talked about kind of the journey here. I think it's a good place. I know you guys also have a place to be. We got a place for uh, the show. So I think it might be a good place to kind of head towards some of our last questions of the show. But the first thing I want to say is, as you look back on starting Fashion Week Columbus and where you are today, when you started in 2010, is this what you were going for? 
did you expect to be like having it like this now with Macy's and everything else? Like, did you have that vision in your head or was it, hey, I just want to make something cool happen and whatever it goes, we go. So that's a great question. No, the answer is no, absolutely not. I'm not one of those people that say, oh, five years from now, this is <laughs> what I'm going to be doing. That's not how I manifest my vision. And honestly, I just from experience, I know things change all the time, right? So no, the answer is no, but I am so grateful for where it has come and how big it's become. And it's not even stopped yet. Like I had a phone call today with a state representative yeah. that was like, hey, I want to support you guys as much as I can. So I'm going to have a meeting with you. I'm like, cool, let's mm -hmm. do it. You know, and that to me means there's more interest in Fashion Week Columbus as a program and the Columbus Fashion Council as an organization. But really what it means to me is it's someone is realizing that we are helping small businesses. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, that's what matters because it's fine if you want to be a fashion designer, but how do you sustain your art? How do you sustain your love? and live, you know, doing what you love. And we've seen designers, they keep on doing that. You know, the ones that come off of our runway, they just keep on thriving in Columbus, Ohio. They're not going to New York or LA, you mm -hmm. know, they're here and they're staying here. Right. Yeah. Why do we got to go anywhere? I mean, we got two people in this room, one from Dallas, one from San Diego. So, there you, you know, go. like, hey, Columbus is a place to be. I think that, you know, we're seeing that change though. I think that there's a lot of cities like that. I think you're seeing that in the United States, right? People are realizing like San Francisco, New York, LA, those aren't the places you have to be. And you can make your own adventure, right? You can make your own whatever, right? Whether that's fashion or tech or whatever it is that you, you're passionate about. If you go about and pursue that community, you can help build that in your own city, wherever you're at. I mean, you can make your own roadmap. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's what I did with mm -hmm. Fashion Columbus. There was no roadmap. I right. didn't know what the hell I was doing. I just did it, yeah. you know? So as we kind of head towards the end of the show and wrapping up here, Something we always ask, especially, you know, for our listeners, right? They, a lot of folks who are either entrepreneurial minded or want to hear what's going on in Columbus, they're looking to understand like how people got to where they are. So my question is, do you have any advice for our listeners? I mean, I don't want to sound too out there, <laughs> but I think there is a lot of power to manifesting, you know? And I think when you're in the right place, the right frame of mind, if you're being authentic in your everyday life mm -hmm. and you know who you are, it's easier for you to manifest your vision. And I also feel like you have to surround yourself with the right people. There's this positive feedback loop that you have to create, you know? Mm -hmm. So what you're putting out is what you're getting in. Yeah. What you have in here is what you're putting out, right? And I think when you learn how to do that, which I feel like I've done a lot leading up to this point, and I'm still learning even more, but I think to me, no matter what you're doing, that's where the success is going to come from. Yeah. I mean, I'm a hundred percent on board with that because whatever your goal or whatever your vision is, whatever you set that vision as, that's where you end up, right? And the big thing for me is I've been around a lot of different teams in my lifetime. And I obviously I was a wrestler in college and I got the chance to wrestle at Ohio State. And the thing that I noticed is like, if you're somewhere where the people around you all share a really big vision, then it just kind of flows and it just, everybody's going the same direction. What I'm trying to say is that a lot of people let their dreams and ideas die simply because the people around them tell them, no, that's not gonna work, right? And rather than going and find people who say, yeah, let's do it, they just kind of say, okay, yeah, it's probably a bad idea, you know? And a lot of ideas have died on that hill. And, you know, part of it too, though, I believe is the programming we've had as kids mm -hmm. from our parents. Our sure. parents are a different generation, you know? And I remember my dad saying lots of different things that now I'm like, what the hell? I'm glad I didn't believe that, you know? Yeah. And so those are some deep-seated behaviors that we learned and mm -hmm. some messages that we took to heart probably that are yeah. playing out as adults. So yeah. we have to get rid of that too. Get a degree that's going to get you money and a <laughs> exactly. job, pay off your bill, like, you know, like all that stuff, right? Get a degree, get a job, get, get a married, job. have right. kids. Yeah, the whole uh, thing. I mean, I've done a lot of that, but I do think that like, you know, I look back and I'm like, well, you know, did I really need to get a biology degree or like could I have gone into journalism like I consider right now? I'm happy with where I'm at now. 
But when I went to school, I was like, I want to be a journalist. And my parents were like, well, maybe you should get something that makes money. <laughs> and I'm wow. like, and I love my parents. They're great. But Same. They, you know, like, but yeah, like, I don't think it would have mattered. I'm in sales now, right? Like, exactly. what's, the, what's the difference? <laughs> I never use my biology degree. Right. Well, I never so, use algebra, so I don't know. Right. What was that for? I'm just no. kidding. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, seriously. No, like, the last question on our show, Thomas, is uh, centered around the theme here on Conquering Columbus, which is live uncomfortably. So without telling you too much about why Josh and I chose that phrase for our show, what do you think of when you hear it? How does it apply to your life and career? I mean, I think it goes back to what I just said, you know, where living uncomfortably is going outside of your boundaries, you know, and I think all the time that means you're being authentic. Mm -hmm. When you are being authentic, you learn lessons, you manifest better, you have a great visions, you surround yourself with the right people. But to me, that's what living uncomfortably means, you know, getting outside of your normal everyday shit that we deal with, mm -hmm. you know, and just try to evolve and improve and realize that there are lessons in everything that we're doing. Yeah, great answer. Thomas, it's been great talking with you. Nice talking with Good you. luck in the following week, and I hope you get some rest oh my, come too. next Sunday. So <laughs> thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, it's been man. great talking with you. And Conquerors, thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed that interview with Thomas and you want to hear more just like it, go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast app you are listening on, and uh, we will release episodes every Monday. But thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.